Welcome to the Immigrant Stories Program. I'm your host, Walter Gallagher. And my interview today is a rebroadcast of an interview I did in 2018. It's an interview with Francisco Nevarez Borgueño, better known to the Valley as Paco. Paco has celebrated his 20th year as director of the Aspen Santa Fe Ballet Folklorico Dance Program. And during the past 20 years, Paco has taught hundreds of Latino and Anglo students about the culture of Mexico through the tradition of dance. Over the years, Paco has taught us all to see how powerful dance can be in understanding what it means to be human. Welcome to the Immigrant Stories Program. I'm Walter Gallagher, and my interview today is with Francisco Nevarez Borgueño, the director of the Folklorico Dance Program at Aspen Santa Fe Valley. Francisco, whom everybody knows as Paco, took over the Folklorico Program in 2002. He had 25 students back then. Today he teaches dance and culture to over 200. In 2016, the state of Colorado recognized Paco's work with the Governor's Creative Leadership Award for his cultural and artistic contributions to children and young people in the Roaring Fork Valley. We started our interview by talking about Paco's early days growing up in Chihuahua, Mexico. In Mexico, everybody dance. It's part of the culture. It's part of what you live in day by day or week by week over there in Mexico. Did your parents influence you? Were they dancers? No. My mom is a great, great dancer. She's going to be 80 years old, and she's still with the cane and everything. She's still, like, dancing a lot when she can. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think my mom, I remember my grandma, my grandpa. I remember them. They were great dancers every time when we were to a weddings or quinceañeras and all those celebrations we have over there. I remember how they were dancing. Yeah. So the folkloricos, the the dance really reflects life, romance and tragedy and death. I mean, they're, they're all reflected in dance, right? Every single dance from Mexico has a meaning or has a story behind. Uh, like the polkas... Uh, the immigrants from Europe, I don't want to say the Spaniards, but the Spaniards, they have polkas too, and redovas and shotis. But all the immigrants who came to the United States first, that from Europe, and immigrate south, like Texas, New Mexico, Chihuahua, Coahuila, Arizona, all those was no borders in those times. And then they just land in there and they have their traditions already from Europe and then we Mexicans start like living together and then we start like sharing and adapting those dances for us. That's a part of the north part of Mexico. Then in the south part of Mexico the traditions are a little bit more strongest re related to religions. Like if it's a death, it's a funeral, it's a special dances for that. It's a special songs for that. And that's what we've been like transmitting into the uh, new generations well, in Mexico. And now here, like in Carbondale, it's the same thing. We are just, oh, I don't want to say Carbondale only. I mean, the whole Roaring Fork Valley. The Valle. The Valle completo. 
Entonces, um, quinceañeras, weddings, it's a special dances for weddings. It's a special dances for quinceañeras. Songs who are already at traditions. You know, maybe it's, a, I want to say, 20, 30 years old song, but now every single quinceañera has to dance that song. And, of course, before that, there was the waltzes for Strauss, Balls, waltzes, uh, they start like, okay, that was a sinfonica playing the waltz, but now it's a mariachi band who's playing the waltz. Now it's a norteño banda who's playing or, 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 or sinaloense banda who's playing the song. Then it's, that's our daily traditions. Every single day, every single weekend, every single month is a festivity. The saints in every single church has different dances especially dances like San Benitos, like uh, La Virgen de Guadalupe, of course, uh, San Jose Obrero. Every single one of those saints in every single church, a saint of the town, like here in Carbon del Santa Maria La Corona, has to be a dance, has to be another church in Mexico, Santa Maria La Corona, who has a special dance for that virgin. Then everything, everything is so related in life. So it's all it's all intertwined. That the culture is reflected through dance, just mm -hmm. like there's oral history. There, the dance is a way to preserve culture. Now, I this this talking now is talking about what is happening right now, where we came from, you know, from the Spaniards and Europeans. But what about before that? That was a rich culture already here in this continent. Yes, you know, this the was indigenous not, people. The indigenous people, they are very religious. They are great dancers, used to be a great dancers. They send up drawings in every single, you know, museum or, or pyramids in Mexico. You can see how they were, like, dancing already. You know, that was a civilization here already. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Immigrant Stories program. I'm Walter Gallagher, and my interview today is with Francisco Nevarez Borgueño, who everyone knows as Paco. Paco is the director of the Folklorico Dance Program at the Aspen Santa Fe Ballet. Paco began dancing when he learned to walk, and one of the people who recognized his talent as a young boy was his teacher, Leonor Avalos. So by the time you were in middle school, you were pretty well uh, imbued with the culture and dance, right? Or was it, was it your teacher that helped you understand uh, the importance of the yeah. folklore, folklorical dance. Well, in the beginning, when I was elementary school, I was a little kid, you know, I was just learning, learning, learning. Like my kids, they're sponges right now, and they learn a lot. But when you start thinking and realize and you're growing, then, yeah, that was in those years, you're right, when I start seeing, oh, this is something, it's inside me already. My teacher pushed me. She helps me a lot to understand all of this, what are we talking about? Huh. Yeah. And her name again was? Leonor Avalos Zaragoza. Paz descanse. Yeah. She was like your, a mother to you, yeah. in a way. She's my dance mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call her. <laughs> yeah. 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 What, tell me about her. What was, what was so special about her? Her discipline. Almost the same discipline I have with my students. A lot of families here, oh, no. No, I don't want to put my kids with uh, Aspen Santa Fe Ballet for Corico because Paco is very strict and he has a lot of discipline. And Hello. Then every single year, 
it's more and more and more and more kids. I started when I moved here in 2002. There were like 25 kids. 2018, I had 200 students from Basal to Rifle. And every year is like that, more and more. Maybe next year, 210, 220. So why do you think why do you think it's growing? Why is it why is it popular? I think people start realizing the importance of the to keep the traditions in those kids. A lot of my students have kids already, and they put in their kids with me to get the culture, a taste of the culture here in the United States, discipline, you know, mm-hmm. and and proud or do what they parents or the grandparents used to do in Mexico. Now they want the kids to have the same experiences. A lot of the kids that come have to leave their problems, the the world problems, and there are a lot of world problems for Latino kids these days. Lots. You must see that as they come in. and It's, it's not that easy, I suppose, for some of them to leave it yeah. at the door. Of course. Uh, I remember, I don't want to get political in this conversation, but I remember when this administration star and all the comments, bad comments about us Latinos, about us Mexicans, we have to have a conversation with the kids. That affects a lot our community here. We need to talk to the kids. This is happening. We need to be aware. And everybody was, like, afraid of what's going to happen and... What is, what is happening right now every single day is, is more and more and more and more, yeah. right? Yeah. We try to get a lot of support to our kids, especially the, my folkloric family. Tenskada Spensana Fevalet created this program as the beginning as a dance program for the kids and put them to see the other side of the immigrant parents or stories like... They can do this, too. They can see the valet. They can see the nutcracker. They can see another companies. They can do folkloric or their own traditions, their own dances. And and now we're helping in another, you know, we rounded the whole scenario for these kids. Like, no, you're not alone. Well, dan- dance in the situation that you just described in that in this climate can be therapeutic for kids. It talk, is. Can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. Every time when the kids get into this room when we are right now, uh, they start putting the, the shoes, dressing room. the yeah. dressing room, they get in the skirts, and Paco is calling them, and then the studio is time to start. And sometimes I need to tell them, leave everything outside, and but I, I don't have to tell them. They know in time they cross in the door to the studio and they listen to the music or start learning what I teach them. They forgot about everything. They're transformed. They transformed. They totally adopt another kids. I we, I always tell the parents, please leave my kids, leave it here, leave your kids here with me. Now they become my kids, and yeah, the parents are very respectful to that. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Immigrant Stories Program. I'm Walter Gallagher, and my interview today is with Francisco Nevares Borgueño, who everybody knows as Paco. Paco's the director of the Folklorico Dance Program at the Aspen Santa Fe Ballet. Talk about the importance of discipline. I mean, you say that some parents are yeah. question you about that. Why is why is it important? These kids who are in Folklorico and stay in Folklorico for years and years, 
that discipline I give them, like, like I say, okay, they get into the studio and they forgot everything. But in time they finish this, the class, the dance class, they need to go back, do homework, help in the, in the house, wake up the next day, go to school, homework, come to folklorical, the same thing. Then they be, it's becoming a discipline in their lives, mm. scheduling performances, scheduling costumes. What are you going to bring to the, this performance? They need to do a checklist. That's very important. They know that. They, every single one. Now having, we have a leadership group who are working, the oldest kids are working with the small ones and all of that. Then mm. they create a check room, check, custom checklist, boom, 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 boom. So the older ones begin to mentor the younger ones that come in. That's, that's what is happening yeah, in this program right thing. now. It's beautiful. It's not just for Latinos either, is it? You, you Anglos are also, oh, it's yeah. an inter, intercultural experience. Sure, in the beginning, uh, that was only Latinos. I remember when I moved here, and then suddenly a lot of Anglos start joining, especially I started with kids from my co-workers because I started working in the schools. You know, when I moved here from New York City, I like, oh gosh, too much things to do here. And I wanna keep active in the way I was in New York. Then I came in the mornings to the schools and started helping and then I became a community liaison in basalt schools. And then the teachers start putting the kids in my program, Anglos and more and more start growing with the Anglo community, and they love it. They love, again, I'm going to say discipline, uh, performance, the proudness of every single dance, the culture, the interaction in English, Spanish we have in the classes, you know, and uh, they're making a big friends now between kids. It's a confirmation for Latino kids that they are special and that their culture is special. What does it do for Anglo kids, do you think? I think they they have to feel special too to have the opportunity to very, get very close to the Latino culture, very close to the Latino kids. Maybe in a school they already have the experience, but here is a more in, more intimate, intimate because they are like maybe my partner is gonna be this beautiful Anglo girl or this handsome Latino guy is gonna be my partner for this dance, you know. Then uh, and the parents like waiting for the kids outside. The moms start talking to the other moms, the Anglos, the parents, the dads, the grandparents are like melting, like emerging to one, one unique family. So it's folkloric. Dan dance is transformational for all those that come. Exactly, for every single one who comes here. It's changing lives here. How did you make your way from, from uh, Mexico to New York City? Mm. What was that experience like? Oh, I was, uh, I think, as, again, two big moves in my life as an adult <laughs> now. Uh, I finished my career. Like, I always went to a school and after school program as a dance, and then I finished chemical engineering in the university in Chihuahua. Oh, you, to, you were yeah. going to be a chemical engineer? I am. <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> then I worked for four years in Chihuahua in a chemical plant as a quality, super, uh, quality control supervisor. And I have a lot of co I mean, workers who, you know, lab technicians who I need to supervise and all of that. I love it. I love it. You love chemical engineering. I love it. I love it because wow, I worked so hard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I worked so hard for my career. 
So, uh-huh. But at that same time, I was dancing, 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 Monday to Friday. I get all that discipline because I need to pass my test. I need to be a good student. And that way, my mom gave me permission to go to dance every single day. Yeah. And then I was like extra, doing my extra uh, mile to become a chemical engineer and to become a dance teacher too. Then I decided when I was uh, working as a, chem- uh, a quality control supervisor, at one point of my life, I asked myself, this is it. This is what I'm going to do the rest of my life here in this chemical plant. I'm pa pa pa, get married, get kids, and blah, blah, blah. That's it. And I don't know. I have that adventure spirit inside me. Uh. And I decide to move to the United States, and that way I can pursue a master's degree in chemical. As a chemical engineer, I want to do a master's degree and learn English, right? And then I decide to go the north as I can. And then I went to New York City. And then uh, there I was like, oh, it's going to be easy. It's a lot of, you know, it's far from that border. Nope. I encountered the Dominicans, the Puerto Ricans, the Colombians, and my my Spanish started like enriched because I know yeah. new wars from those countries. And then, of course, I get into, into this um, free school program for, uh, to learn English. I stayed there for six months, I believe. And then Marcia and start working and you name it. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Immigrant Stories Program. I'm Walter Gallagher. My interview today is with Francisco Navares Bergueño, better known as Paco. Paco is the director of the Folklorico Dance Program at the Aspen Santa Fe Ballet. He's just described his move from Chihuahua, Mexico to New York City, where he's pursuing a master's degree in chemical engineering, but all the time dancing. So you started, then you started working just doing jobs? Doing jobs in whatever, New York. Whatever needed whatever to Whatever I need to survive there. The immigrant story. The, uh, yeah, that immigrant story. The chemical story. engineer is Correct. washing dishes and doing whatever. Correct. Yeah, I never worked as a, as a dishwasher, but I remember my first job in New York, in Bayonne, New Jersey, right there, in the other side of the Twin Towers, packing in a warehouse, packing for Macy's, Jesse Penny, and all of that. Boom, boom, bags, close it, and that was my, that was so frustrating. Coming from Mexico as a supervisor, have people working for me. Right. And right. then come here and start just packing boxes. Yeah, start and at the bottom, start all yeah, over. Yeah, and I have a boss, I remember, and he was yelling at us and all of that, like, come on, come on, we need to do it. That was like a hard for me. But uh, after that, I start like, wait a second, I think I, I know how to dance. I know how to teach. And I start searching, you know, dance groups in New York right. City yeah. area. And I found a ballet folklorico in New York. Offered myself. I can teach. Can I? Can we see how you dance? And then I put you some music. Tapes, I remember. Yeah, those tapes. We push the, the play date. button. <laughs> like hard down. Yeah, the cassettes. The right. cassettes. Then, um, yeah, I showed them one dance and they were like, mm-hmm. We want you here. Okay. And I start teaching them, and then I start one of the, oh, gosh, it's a long story, Walter. It's a long story. After that, seeing my skills, you know, I start choreographing that group. 
And then uh, one of the parents there, Russian Chinese immigrants, they asked me if I can teach their kids some math or, or science because they were low in the, in the grades. And I said, yeah, I can do that. Then I was tutoring kids in the same <laughs> homes. Yeah. Never left that dance alone. So you were always dancing. I always no matter was, what it was dancing weekends or whatever. Then I started my dance company. After teaching in Ballet Folklorico New York, I started doing my own dance comp well, in the school where I used to go, the garment work garment ladies garment workers union in New York, in Manhattan. The garment workers. The yeah. garment workers I start learning English in the the free classes, right? Then there they organize a cultural week. And they say, well, my my, co my classmates, they were like, Paco, why you don't teach us how to dance and we can represent Mexico? And then we did. And I teach them how to dance these dances. So you were working with garment workers. And then I and then the ladies there, you know, like friends of mine, they asked, like, I need customs. Can you help me? Yeah. Come on here, we can teach you how to do it. And I was watching. I never did customs in my life until I get here to this country. I watched how they cutting, I watched how they sewing in the industrial machines, then uh, sewing, sewing machines, and then I was like, hmm, your I can do this. Your science brain. You what? Yeah. Now, like those practice course, I've been, I, that's what I do, and I do customs, and I do now because I learned in New York. So you learned to sew costumes uh -huh. just by watching and just by watching correct and you know and making mistakes of, of course, course of then course. from there uh, we win the first place in the cultural week and then my classmates were like why you keep teaching us that was 1993 1994 then i keep teaching everybody and more people start joining joining 1996 i start working with kids kids group and i have an adult group 2001, we got selected as a, one of the best companies in the country. Really? Yeah, and then we went to this. They select only the 10 best companies in the United States. Then uh, from there, I was in June 2001, and that was a good experience for everybody. We went back to New York, September 11. Then oh, right yeah. there, boom, everything started going down in New York, as you know. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Immigrant Stories program. My guest today is Francisco Nevarez Borgueño, better known as Paco. After 9-11, Paco lost his day job and was trying to decide what to do when he got a call from the Aspen Santa Fe Ballet, offering him a job as the director of the Folklorical Dance Program. Then, uh, yeah, when I came here, being in the city, this was so quiet. 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 I was missing the sirens, the noise, the screamings. <laughs> I was, like, getting crazy. Then is when I decide, let me do something early. Let me start doing, like, more stuff and know the community. And then I came here to this building as a Carbon Elementary School and started being... Uh, T-shirt aid, you know, reading with the so kids. So you didn't feel like you were involved enough or that you needed some other distraction. Exactly, yeah. That was that was too much. I mean, from the stress who you when you living in a city come to this right, beautiful, right. calm and quiet place. Relax. Relax. Water, trees, green. <laughs> but that didn't work so, so much for you go 
early on you you needed more you yeah needed well, because i got energy. the pace already like energy. the fast pace yeah, yeah. getting to this slow and quiet and tranquilo uh -huh. i said no let me do something else let me i don't want to just wait for my after school program i'm going to do something during the day more active so something else was calling you yeah. something else was calling me and i think i, I chose the right i think you did thing. too yeah, Describe what that was like. The change or what keeping me more tied to this community, I remember that, is when I start asking the kids, where are you from? Where are you from? Where are your parents? I'm from here. And then kids who are being born here, but what your parents are from? Oh, Chihuahua, Cuauhtémoc. And I was like, oh, this is because I'm from that region of Mexico, right? From Cuauhtémoc, yeah. Chihuahua, all of that. And I was like, wow. I was not thinking I'm going to come to my own people here in, in Colorado, then that's why my people is here in, in, in Colorado, because it's similar, it's totally similar. Then that's what attracted me more to stay here in the community and start helping the community, start working with the, with the community. And You teach kids, but they teach you. Tell me what you get from children. Mm, energy. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what I learned from kids is they... The honesty, you know, that, that keeps me be like them, like very honest, um, lovely. And those kids uh, really love what they do with me here in the studios and then learning. And they love me. I can feel that. Then uh, it's my family here. I mean, unfortunately, I don't have no brothers, sisters here. But I have all these beautiful families around me. They never let me down, never. If I call them like for just a little thing, they they are for me, and I'm there for them. They know that, as a human, no, as a the teacher who's teaching the kids. No, I'm Paco. Yeah, I'm so happy I have this opportunity to serve, to teach. Cause this whatever I have in my brain or my skills or my artistic sigh is going to go to my thumb and what is going to go, be good for then I need to teach I need to give what I have I need to give everything what I have so not so much chemical engineering anymore it's the dan no. dance is dance is overtaking <laughs> you yeah dance is uh, that's what I, I'm doing right now but I'm not afraid of life I've been doing so many things in this life already if I'm going to be in a wheelchair and God doesn't let me dance anymore, I will get a wheelchair and go to the schools and start teaching math, you know, or come to the elementaries and read in Spanish for kids or you name it. I'm not afraid of life. Yeah. Gracias. De nada, Walter. <laughs>